0: Welcome to the Law of Attraction Traction Quantum Consciousness Connection and Creation with my mom, holistic psychotherapist Kareen Bierfeld. Kareen has worked in private practice for over 20 years and has witnessed miraculous recoveries treating those who've experienced trauma. Trauma stored in the body can subconsciously affect and determine our life experience. When unconscious programs and traumas are accessed and released, negative core beliefs and maladaptive behaviors can be permanently reprogrammed. Dive deeper into the law of attraction and go beyond whatever is blocking you from the life you want. With Green Beerfeld, the law of attraction traction starts right now.
1: Oh my gosh, I love that introduction. I always get I always get like a big fat smile on my face every time I hear that. Kareem. No. Green Beerfeld. This is her show, The Law of Attraction Traction. We are taking on healthy relationships. <laughs> I'm just gonna sit back here and listen. <laughs> okay <laughs> oh it's so great to have you and Thank boy you. i'll tell you this is really especially the past couple of years but even before that this is a giant topic isn't it
2: oh for sure yes so glad to see you so glad to be with you today hi
1: <laughs> <Definitely>. <laughs> um so let's talk about this yesterday was valentine's day uh-huh. and um you know, it's interesting. I'm a real, I got a lot of love from my birth mom. So I'm like this walking heart, really. But I have this outer shell. And so when it comes to things like Valentine's Day, they've always been special. Mm -hmm. But if you have been in relationships, right, there aren't always such great memories of them and so the question really is how do we cultivate a healthy relationship but let's start out by probably talking about what they are because i think we recognize when they're not first (laughs) what do you think
2: uh i think that's a great question to start with so yeah so you're asking me what is a healthy relationship yeah right
1: healthy solid whatever you want to call it whatever that language is people react to the word healthy Uh Whatever that is, you know, a relationship that gives you gives you positive vibes, maybe not all the time, but is foundational for the two people that are in it.
2: Yes. Right. And I think isn't that what everybody is really at the end of the day looking for is um, that we want to be around people and we want to be with people who support us who lift us up who are there for us when we need them who are uh you know our cheerleaders and have our best interests at heart I think you know I was just talking to a friend about this the other day about you know at the end of the day when our lives are over and we look back what is it that we're going to look back on that we have valued the most and it's not the stuff that we've accumulated and I don't even think it's going to be necessarily what we've accomplished uh, in terms of the career materialistically, I think it's going to be our relationships, you know, like who yeah. have we loved, who has loved us, how have we shown up for people who's been there for us. So my perspective is at the end of the day, that our relationships really are the most valuable thing that we have in our lives. So yeah, I think that's a great question to get some clarity about what does a healthy relationship look like. I mean, I think and, each person might have their own definition, but yes, um, yes, yes, you know, basic characteristics would be that you know that is based in honesty and authenticity and openness and uh, um, ability to be able to be vulnerable and to trust, especially if we're talking about a, an intimate partner, trust them with our um, our vulnerable sides, the sides we might not show to everyone. That we can be safe. That we will be heard. Um, that we're going to be supported no matter what.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I want to talk to you about this, too, because, you know, whenever I've done, whenever I've had conversations on this or like you, whenever we've done coaching on this, is you learn a lot of things through the the eyes of other people. And one of the things that I think it's really important for us to point out is that we're not talking about the relationship of perfection. No. No. Right, we're not looking at like the Goldie Hawn and Kurt Russell version of like <laughs> you know, sure that. I'm by gonna... the way, they weren't married for like a million years. So, but we're I'm looking sure at
2: their stuff. You know, that's their... what I was just gonna <laughs> yeah. say,
1: right? um But let's talk about how important these are because I think one of the things you say is at the end of the day, these relationships are so very dear and important to us. Yeah, you know like I I heard the intro, that was your son. You know, I have a best friend that I've had in my life for decades. At the end of the day, when we have to choose our number one thing, do we go for the new sports car or do we go for the people that are close to us?
2: Right. And I think, you know, uh, when we're looking back on our lives, that's an easy answer. What really matters. It becomes much clearer our perspective. So, um, yeah. In terms of uh, the perfect relationship, I don't know. Of course, there's no perfect relationship. I think the the best relationships are those that are formed it, over time. It takes a long time uh, of not just being able to be with each other when things are good, even when it comes to like your friendships or, you know, yeah. relationships with your children, but but being able to navigate, and I think this makes the relationships even, um, the the strongest relationships are the ones that can navigate difficulties and challenges together and find ways to resolve conflict and learn how to communicate Mm -hmm. and to speak up and to talk about things even when it's really hard. And to like come from a place of uh, really being open and honest And, uh, you know, I do a lot of work with couples. So a lot of times what I'm doing is helping them navigate. They don't come to me when they're in a good place. They, (laughs) you know, nobody comes in to tell me how great their marriage is, you know, things are not good. And, um, so I spend a lot of time with them helping them to understand how to communicate effectively, but also, uh, what it takes to, to really be able to, um, Navigate the
1: hard times, navigate the challenges. Boy, did, you just said a mouthful there, because <laughs> let's talk about that. I know you work with couples and I know that they come to you, um, but what do we attract in each other? See, one of the things I look back at, at my own life is what, did I, what had I attracted? What I attracted that was really greatly aligned? And then what about this other thing that I attracted, this other right. relationship that in the end wasn't? What was I trying to fix about me?
2: Yes. Isn't that the question? Such an insightful question. Dr. <laughs>
1: <laughs> we could talk about that off air. <laughs>
2: yeah, so one of the things that I explain a lot of times when couples come in in the beginning is that we're really not taught this in school. I wish it was taught because I think it would help people so much and we would probably have a much lower divorce rate in our country. We have, I think we're kind of sold this idea, like a romantic idea of, you know, if you find the right person, you, you'll know they're the right one because you, you fall in love and you have this feeling of love. And as if you have that, that means you're meant to be together. So a lot of people go into relationships uh, in that honeymoon stage based on that feeling. And then as the relationship plays out and they're, you know, hit with the challenges that every relationship is going to face... Then um, all of a sudden, what, what happens is instead of people saying, okay, what's going on? How did I end up in this relationship? How did I attract this per- person? Uh, what do I need to look at within myself? They say, oh, I must have married the wrong person, or I ended up in the wrong relationship. I made a bad choice. So uh, there's the, the principle, which is not a real romantic principle, but it is what I have come to find is most of the time, really a true principle mm-hmm. is that in relationships, we do tend to attract where we have experienced our own wounds or traumas, especially in a family of origin. So we tend to attract what's familiar on an unconscious level. And the yeah. part that's so fascinating to me about this is that the attraction will be instant. Like the, the, as soon as if the principle is that the, the, a lot of times the yeah. more similar a person is to the parent that was the more wounding parent, yeah. the stronger the attraction will be. Yeah, There's no way we could know that cognitively when we first meet someone, but the attraction on an unconscious level is instantly like, like we're sending out these uh, invisible signals or radio waves or whatever you want mm-hmm. to call it. And then it can take years to play out before you actually see the patterns and how, Uh, the similarities are there from our family of origin. So for example, if somebody was raised in like, say, a family where one of the parents had addiction issues, then it would not be uncommon for them to be attracted to or end up in a relationship with somebody who is an addict or an alcoholic. I used to work at a, a battered women's shelter when I was in graduate school. And, you know, of course, over and over, we would see the women coming in who are trying to get out of these abusive relationships had grown up in families where usually it was the father who had been physically abusive to their mother. So it tends to happen, what would happen is the women who grow up and marry abusers, the, the, the little boys that grew up in situations like that would grow up to become abusers. And it's sad from one level that we do tend to unconsciously create patterns in our family of origin, but the upside to this, when you understand these principles, is that we can use our relationships then as, I think, the greatest vehicle to do our own work. And yeah. I see, and I do it all the time with couples because uh, when they come in. You know if i'm working with somebody individually they can kind of avoid or hide not even that they would do it intentionally but sometimes it's like nope not feeling anything i'm not sure i don't i don't really even know if i have anything today but if if i have a couple sitting there and they say man i think i'm good i'm not even aware of anything all i have to do is turn to the partner and go you know that thing that you just said you know, like, <laughs> whatever it was and have them like repeat whatever it was and then and then sure enough the, 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 the spouse will be like, ah! and then I can the do work. So <laughs> I love doing couples' work for that reason because it, uh, we really, really can use our relationships as like the access point to get in touch with what we most need to heal within ourselves.
1: Yeah, I think that's the fascinating thing about it. But you know, one thing you said that's extraordinary, and I don't know why more couples don't do this, I don't know why. More couples don't take a proactive approach. I think perhaps because, you know, because, you know, you kind of think that everything's going to be okay, that things are going to work out, yeah. that this has got to be the love of your life, that blah, you fill in the blank, whatever you want. But, you know, one of the things that I know that you reference is uh, my first introduction to Harville Hendricks yeah. and Imago therapy. Yeah. What year was that? Just, it's i little, don't know 86 I, I was it 86 or 87 yeah, yeah getting the love you want getting the love you want yeah and getting a therapist that actually a therapist in new jersey that actually did that work back then and that saved my
2: life so now, you did that work i did not know
1: that I, it got yeah. me out of the relationship because those of you could look it up you know getting the love you want yeah. Uh, right. But it's the book, right, has sm- this significant time. meaning, doesn't it? I mean, tell me what your thinking is about the book, because I know you're familiar with it.
2: Yes, I recommend it all the time to couples. It basically is a book that's kind of describing what I'm trying to put into words here, which is that, again, we're, we will attract into our life on an unconscious level people who, in some way, help us recreate our, pa- our patterns from our family of origin. Yeah. so but again when you understand that then it puts you in a position to be get be able to do the healing work that we all need to do a lot of people just aren't aware of it and i think you're right when you say i don't know why people are not more proactive i think we just kind of go with what's called like a default model like you get married <laughs> you fall in love you, get, you know like yeah. you have kids and then and then it's like the relationship sometimes will get put to the back burner and people then get focused on you know, going to work, making money, paying the bills, raising the kids. And it's easy to lose sight of each other, yeah. making each other a priority. But um, when, when I work with couples, so one of the things that I will do is early on try to explain to them this concept, because usually they come into me and what they want in the beginning is they want me to change their partner. <laughs> They both right. want to change their partner's behavior, and I have to explain, like, that's not, that model doesn't work. What works is you have to do a 180, so instead of focusing on what your partner is or isn't doing that's causing you to have negative feelings, anger, resentment, sadness, hurt, whatever, it's a, it's a hard concept to grasp, hard enough to grasp cognitively, let alone start to do it, you know, on a consistent basis. But you take your attention off of what your partner is or isn't doing, and you begin to put mm-hmm. your attention on whatever feelings you're having about your partner's behavior, because that's the only place that you actually have the power. You cannot mm-hmm. make someone else change their behavior. It's harder to grasp. I mean, it's like, nobody wants to really hear that. I didn't want to hear that. It's like, no, they need to
1: change. They're oh, my wrong. God. Yeah. I mean, but that is really, see, that's that's what happens when you get a new perspective. You know, that's what happens in the work that you do with people by, you, you know, having folks look at the, the blocks that they have. Because one of the really interesting things about this is when you get that new level of awareness about yourself, and it doesn't have to be gigantic. You know, it could be, it could be something simple. like why is it dishes in the sink put you in to a bat you know what crazy rage
0: yeah
2: right
1: even if like after a million times washed it right you find yourself the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result and you don't like that's the definition of insanity Yeah. but what is it that we can do first so we can focus on clearing or at least getting aware of what this is you know why is that a problem because when you look at something like that you may find out that okay my job was to do the dishes yeah but that was supposed to be only at dinner Mm -hmm. not like throughout the day (laughs) (laughs) that that may come up like no there was only dinner it wasn't like do the dishes if you're not aware, you can't change anything.
2: Right. I, I'm listening to you and I'm like, do I go deep or do I, so there's two levels I could <laughs> you answer. I think I'm going to give you both. Okay. So <laughs> top layer, top level would be the dishes in the sink are an issue. Let's just work at that level. So, so what I would do is, you know, help a couple communicate around that so that the person who is having the feelings about the dishes in the sink would feel heard and at least have their feelings validated. And a cognitive behavioral therapist would talk about what can you practically do so that you don't keep (laughs) leaving the dishes in the sink. But that only gets you so far. So what I like to do, because I like to go deep, right, in the work that (laughs) that I do, is I would take that, I would I would focus on the person who is having the feelings, right? Because the that is what I will tell people from the beginning is like whoever's having the feelings, that's the person I'm gonna go to, not the person that's engaging in the behavior, the person that's having an issue with the behavior, because whoever's having the feelings, they're responsible for their feelings. And that's where you get into sort of doing like the Imago work. Yeah, we are talking referencing with Harville Hendrix. So what I would tend to do is to help them access earlier times in their life where they might have felt these similar feelings and a hundred percent of the time when someone's open and willing to do this kind of work we can go back to experiences in childhood where there would be some sort of similarity to the dishes in the sink and something that happened to them as a child uh, that would be triggering intense feelings and usually when you can, when you are able to get to that child part, the feelings that the person is having make so much more sense. So, um, well, what okay, I what I
1: hear example. you saying, yeah, what I hear you saying too is usually we scratch the surface with the kind of like foam at the top of the root beer float like I brought up right about the dishes but if you really want to get down to the ice cream and really taste what's going on so you and can enjoy the feeling,
2: right? The comes right
1: there so, you go and so like that go ahead
2: so 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 for example uh I had one couple where the uh, the husband was more of a slob he wasn't as clean as the wife this drove her crazy but to a, a degree where she would it was experiencing like rage absolute rage around it and so instead of spending too much time with him on how can he be a neater person I just helped her go to Uh, what that was really about for her. And as we did the work, you know, like she was able to go back to being 12 years old and having to be the mom. I think she had like three or four siblings and (sighs) there was complete chaos in the house. And, you know, of course, if you've got a bunch of kids and she's, you know, the parents were out of whatever, they were physically absent most of the time, emotionally absent most of the time. So she was at like 12 or 13 having to kind of be the parent and navigate all this chaos within her family as the oldest and she felt of course helpless and frustrated and angry and so when you put that in perspective of so then her husband is a slob and is not taking care of the house and is recreating chaos what what happens is it it brought up all of the feelings that she Mm -hmm. was still carrying from the time that she was 12 years old but What's really cool about this kind of work is when you understand this, then, well, all we needed to do was to allow her to have an emotional release for the 12-year-old. And a lot of what I do with clients is about, we call it reparenting the child part, like letting the child know it's okay to feel angry, it's okay to feel sad, you know, you weren't, that wasn't, shouldn't have been your responsibility, and calming the child part down and then as we do that work and the child starts to feel safe and like it's okay the the interesting thing is once you can bring healing at that level the husband being uh, you know not being super clean didn't bring up the same level of feelings for her mm-hmm. she started to calm down so that's the that's another way to solve the problem instead of getting the partner to change the behavior you deal with the feelings that are coming up. And if you, if the behavior stops triggering you, that Mm -hmm. that solves it too. And that's the only place really that we can work because again, you only have the power to focus on yourself and your own healing.
1: Yeah. Um, I want to make sure everybody knows if you're just tuning in the law of attraction, traction, this is Corinne Bierfeld show K-O-R-E-N-B-I-E-R-F-E-L dt.com go to get go to the website you'll find out all about this of course uh everything she's doing is there her work uh working with clients working with the law of attraction you know Corinne look what you're pointing to and one of the things we did not talk about we should probably do a whole show on NPD narcissistic personality disorder that is that is a that is a conversation all itself. However, everything you've just said mm-hmm. points to it. If you go up with a mom, maybe that's alcoholic and is never emotionally available or almost schizophrenically emotionally available, the in and out, come here, go away, right? Oh, then it's yeah. not going to be unusual to think the love of your life who is like that. Yeah. Yeah. Is really the love of your life? I mean, that's well, what, what we're talking about.
2: Attracted to someone mm-hmm. who behaves in a similar way that the that yeah. your, uh very wounded mother behaved because that what is what feels familiar. Yeah,
1: and I got to tell you, the really punchline for this for me is I, you know, myself. I thought for years I could figure this out alone. No way. No. We don't see ourselves, especially in relationships, and isn't that the isn't that really the passion and purpose behind your work is to really work with people to help them so that they can see themselves and create an amazing life.
2: Yes. Yes, it is. And I think our relationships are the most effective way to do that because our relationships really do help us, uh, like you can't hide in relationships. They bring up all of our unconscious stuff, whether we want them to or not, but that's the gift of relationships. When you see it that way, if, if I can get two people that both understand that principle, I get so excited because then there's so much potential for that relationship, not to just like for them to navigate through the conflict, for, but for them to get to a place where they are mm-hmm. thriving in oh, love. Yeah. Because then it becomes a what we call a very conscious relationship. Then you're they're both people are approaching it from a perspective of like, if I get triggered, if you trigger me, great, because you're showing me what I need to heal within myself, you know, and vice versa. And then you start to see it not like you need to change your behavior, but so I mean, when I get I know I'm not always like this, but when I have a moment like this, I get really excited. I'm like, you know, like. You just triggered me! Oh my God, this is great. (laughs) Trigger me, please. Go ahead, go ahead. See if you can trigger me because I I want to see what's next. What do I need to heal the next layer?
1: Oh my God! And uh, you know, I love that we're talking about this, and I know that our our time for this show is is wrapping up, but there is so much more that you can talk about in the work that you do, and this is really the beginning of truly understanding how we can heal that which is inside of us. Yes. Even though we may think it is somebody else that is the problem, when you see those levels of awareness from people, that has just got to make you do a happy dance.
2: Oh, I get so happy. <laughs> <laughs> so, happy. so especially it's really cool to see people do their work oh, and yeah. then see the shifts that happen in the relationship Oh, as yeah. A of the work. And then what tends uh, to happen is. The more they keep focusing on their own work and their own healing, the less triggered people, that outside people can't trigger them then as much. I mean, you know, until we're yeah. like beings, we're still going to, but it, it's nice because then you become more and more um, empowered and you live from a place of authentic power.
1: Oh my God. And isn't that the freedom? Corrine, thank you so much. Again, tell people how they can find out more about you, but also how they can work with you on this end quite the array of things you help people with
2: first of all thank you for such a fun interview i'm like gosh the time just flew well, It always does with you dr pat um <laughs> <laughs> my office number is um 440-892-0452 extension 11 and they can find information about my practice on my website which is my name kareen thanks
0: for joining the law of attraction traction with host my mom kareen Burfelt. Tune in every third Tuesday of the month at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern on Transformation Talk Radio and learn how you can heal from the traumas and conditions you thought were impossible. Get inspired to pursue your own healing and growth so that your light shines brighter than ever. To learn more about Corinne and her and the services she provides as holistic psychotherapists, visit her website at CorinneBeerfelt.com.